welcome to the Makers of Minnesota podcast. I'm Stephanie Hansen, and this podcast is one where we talk to cool people doing cool things. And I just got back from Duluth, which has been super fun. I was at Art and Bayfront Park, and one of my vendors there that I stood next to the whole weekend was Duluth's Best Bread. And I am here with Robert Lilligard. And Duluth's Best Bread, you may know, is home for incredible breads, but also they have like an amazing cinnamon roll, caramel roll. I always freak out when people talk about Toby's and Hinkley because I'm like, no, you need to go to Duluth's Best Bread. It's so much better. How are you, Robert? Well, I'm doing really well, Stephanie. Thanks for asking. It was fun getting to know you over the years. So let's talk a little bit about Duluth's Best Bread and how it got started and just give listeners that might not be familiar with you a little tour. Yeah. So my brother in college was deciding between higher math, Chinese and owning a bakery. Oh, boy. Yeah, because why limit yourself to one passion? And um, I conned him into starting a bakery. And how did you con him into it? You just knew he had good treats? You know, I was a fool because I was a consultant and consulting was really easy and lucrative. So I promised Michael, oh, you should be self-employed. It'll be so fun and so easy. And it turns out I was dead wrong. Hospitality is hard. Oh, my goodness. It sounds like almost every business is harder than consulting. So... Still kicking myself, but we're we're getting better. Uh, how long have um, you guys been open? Well, so the you wanted more of the story. Um, he baked his this you know person who could you know black belt and karate and played the tuba really well, and he could do everything except talk to girls. Um, <laughs> he he was just good at everything, and he cooked his way through the whole tartine cookbook in San Francisco because these brilliant places. They open their recipes, I think, on the assumption that, oh, come on, no one's actually going to copy us. Well, goodness, the, the kid copied them. 40-page bread recipe, four wow. ingredients, 39 pages of technique. And he, he, by golly, he did it. I've been to our team. Michael's doing it. He can do it now. He just taught himself from the cookbooks. That's incredible, because if you don't know, Tartine is one of the highest-end bakeries in the country and really super amazing. They do a great job of... Um, the specifically the lacquered dough and the puff pastry there and you've been there right stephanie i have been there um and just had a croissant i didn't stay and spend much time there but yes yeah so i won't ask you to commit to us being better but would you say we're on the same ball field i think your croissants are really good yeah and i watched everybody this weekend standing next to your booth and as soon as they saw duluth best bread they went for the cranberry wild rice bread Oh my goodness. It's crusty sour. Now that's one thing I can say. Tartine does not have because cranberries and wild rice are as Minnesota as it gets. So what you're getting is this French Californian uh, level of technique, just because I have this fluke of a wunderkind for a little brother. Um, I couldn't do any of this, but he can, um, and our staff can. And so you've got, you've got the French Paris thing, but, but like in a Minnesotan way. Yeah. And I think that's very So there's been a lot of energy in Duluth since I want to say before the pandemic, but then the pandemic, I think, even though we were in a pandemic, people were visiting Duluth because there were so many outdoor options and hiking and doing all the biking and all the things that they can do with boating and you're right on the lake there. So when we look at how Duluth's best bread fits into the Duluth scenery like was the pandemic super hard for you guys or have you been able to manage coming out of it in a different way or in the same way that the Twin Cities has do you think 
Well, when the government shuts down all of your arrivals by force and says you can't open or we're going to sue you out of existence, then suddenly uh, everybody discovers you. So we felt like we were like the girl next door and we were like, we've been waiting all along. We've been and suddenly they see us in a new light because now it's illegal to go to any restaurant. Right. But, you know, you're still open. Let's try that. And oh, my gosh. It's good. So we started getting lines out the door and it was quite literally out the door because um, for this everybody's safety, not least of which was our staff, we um, just forced everybody to line up outside the window. We didn't know what would happen in winter, but people stayed, you know, people continue to line up at the window in winter. Yep. So I'm very thankful for that, um, that, that they were willing to go through that inconvenience for safety. And, and now we're just, we can't really open the door again. It's just too, it's too packed in there. So you stuff. still just do the window, right? At our, at our first store, yes. Um, we opened a giant, beautiful, spacious cafe downtown, which is sometimes full. Um, and I wish it was always full, but I'm happy that it's sometimes full. Like, What's... you know, like every, every seat taken. I, that makes me really happy when I see Yeah, that. I've been to the coffee window. So what's the address of the full service cafe? Uh, 120 East Superior Street. And we're open okay. um, Tuesday through Sunday now. Um, six to one most days and seven to two Sundays because people sleep in. Yep. So it is an early morning kind of place, but it is all morning, pretty much every morning open except Mondays. Oh, I love it. So when yeah. you pitched me to talk with you, because we have worked together for a couple of <laughs> years now, you were telling me about some interesting <laughs> collaborations that you guys are working on <laughs> with other breweries <laughs> and cideries. And you might think of a brewery when you think of bread, but the cidery also kind of intrigued me that you guys are doing collaborations because everyone's trying to be sustainable and use the spent grains and look at using that in new ways. So tell me a little bit about the collaborations you have. Duluth's um, brewing and cidery scene is um, wonderful. It's really explosive and there's so much and so many um, different kinds of beers and ciders being brewed. Um, from, you know, the OG brew house, which is actually the oldest brew pub in Minnesota by like, I think by like six months, um, all the way through to, you know, Warrior Brewing, which opened pretty recently. Um, there's so many cool um, breweries in town that are, that they all have so much skill. And what I've realized in food is it's like infinitely nested, like the culinary ability and the passions of all of these different men and women um it's just mo much more than any one of us, right? Like the kind of stuff the guys at Ursa Minor come up with is going to be different than Blacklist. Um, but both of them are going to be intensely good. Like, um, and so I wanted to tap into that. And I saw that Flower Bakery in Boston was doing a sticky roll bun with some bakery. Where I don't really care about bakeries or I don't really care about the brewery. Yep. Um, Harpoon Brewing, I think. But I do care about the bakery. Flower is somebody we very closely um, do R&D with. R&D stands for rip off and deploy. Um, so we believe stealing is the best way. Um, you know, we stole our recipes from Tartine up front and from Flower in Boston and from Dominique Ansel. So uh, I was like, well, why don't we steal that idea too and do a bakery brewery collab? And so what does that look like? What that looks like is um, I said, listen, you're good. We're good. Let's work together. Um, why don't you make a flavor inspired by one of our baked goods and I'll go tell the newspaper and the coolest podcasters in all of the Twin Cities area, um, <laughs> et cetera, about it. And we'll just like be loud and fun and obnoxious. And I, I believe there's no contradiction between those those things, loud and or fun and obnoxious. Yep. And I say, we let's do it. Let's just go and go big because people like silly stuff and they like remixes. Yeah, and they so like their two favorite brands together. Of course. So what are some of the flavors that you're remixing? 
Well, I am very excited to um, share. And the most exciting part, Stephanie, is originally it was just one collab. And then I thought, wait a second, why don't we do, why don't we collaborate with everybody? Why should we just do one right. partner? Why don't we partner with every brewery and cidery that will have us in this entire region? And each of them, like, I think like nine now have said, you know what? Sounds good to me. Um, which I think that's what really puts us over the top is exciting. I mean, you know, if they're making a barrel or two, it's not, you know, obviously probably, probably some big shot in, in Boston has had a larger net quantity. You know, if Sarah Lee partners with Butterfinger, it's going to be bigger than anything we could ever do in our entire right. lives. But, but, but in terms of breadth, I don't know if anybody's topped us anywhere in this country. I don't think anybody's doing eight pairing, eight different collabs simultaneously. So you wanted to know what flavors. The Blacklist did a cinnamon roll um, beer uh, and I loved it and they loved it. And in fact, you could tell there was a little bit of cynicism at first with the brewers or skepticism, I should say, because they all, both of them told me it's better than I thought it would be. No offense. And I laugh. (laughs) I get it though. Like your people of craft is probably felt undignified and yet it is not sweet. It has these strong cinnamon notes um, but it's not as it doesn't taste so it's like a good old brown ale and then the aromatics of the cinnamon I love cinnamon just really put it over the top but like you could picture yourself eating that I think with like Afghani food Indian food uh, Middle Eastern food like I could picture eating it with a euro or something yeah um, and it's fun because like cinnamon is not inherently a sweet spice it could be sweet or savory and this beer leans more savory there's a bitterness to it so that's the blacklist cinnamon roll ale I'm not sure if it's still pouring um, then Canal Park Brewing Company went a different way. They actually bought our caramel sauce. They bought 10 gallons of caramel sauce. Giant tubs of it. And they've got this great video online of them pouring it into the beer. Um, The caramel sauce, what it does because of the sugars, it created a higher ABV than originally anticipated. So they had to hand write on each can. 7% 7% instead of 5.9. So yeah. it packs a wall. It's boozy. It's There's a little heat from that. But it's it's mostly, I've never had a better pairing for a caramel roll. I mean, they were meant to be together. You, you It offsets. I normally don't like dessert and beer together. But this caramel roll really pairs well with a caramel roll. Oh, I love it. Yin-yang, totally yin-yang. And tell me about the cider collab. Yeah, so those are really fun too. So first of all, Wild State actually kind of did a kickoff event. They did a beer cider or a cider pastry pairing um, where you could get a little flight and you could get a caramel roll and some macarons and some danishes and, um, you know, sold in a flight. And then then for their um, collab, they that's coming up in um, September. They're going to be releasing the cinnamon roll cider and there's no better pairing than apples and cinnamon. So that's actually still coming mid-September um, this podcast will probably be aired after that um, but it'll probably still be on tap for those of you who are listening to this in early October um, the uh, Duluth cider um, had a peach pop tart cider and it's a hoot and a half because they're actually selling peach pop tarts with it in fact they wrote to us they said hey the hundred you sold us sold really well we want a hundred more and honestly if nothing else happened I love selling a hundred pop tarts at once I mean any of your listeners want to buy a hundred pop tarts just call me we'll do I it love, I love too that this is like opening up probably some unexpected markets for you with people that maybe you wouldn't have thought of to do collabs with. You know, to their great and inestimable credit, many of these partners already carry our pretzels. Uh, to wit, Blacklist will ca- Blacklist has carried our pretzels for years. Um, 
and uh, so has Wild State has carried our pretzels. But it's true that um, while we have here and there had a couple of things at Duluth Cider, yet this peach pop tart is certainly our largest ever move with them. And also, I believe a lot of our customers are experiencing their product for the first time. We are a morning business, and for better or for worse, for better, I don't think people you know should be getting sloshed at 10 a.m. I think for better or for worse, the uh, the breweries and cideries are um, nighttime businesses. And so I always joke about our target market being like sweater-wearing um, NPR listeners who um, went to the Peace Corps in 1968. Now their grandchildren are in the Peace Corps. Correct. And sometimes those people on their, you know, on their biking, as they bike around town and remember their boat cruises in Europe, they don't even think about going to the hipster young place. Yep. Like Blacklist or Wild State. And yet I happened to bump into a customer at Blacklist who said, hey, Tom, did you know we have a cinnamon roll beer here? He said, no. I said, let's go. So I can confirm at least one pint was sold directly due to my intervention. And oh, I love it. Try this. And they did. So it was it's fun. Well, it's really cool, Robert. It's fun to talk to you and to catch up. It's Duluth's Best Bread, which is in Duluth. They have their window, but also you can go now to their full service cafe and are you uh, coming down to the Twin Cities anytime soon? Look me up when you do. Oh my gosh, yes, to share pastries personally and hopefully business eventually develops at some places or or I hear you have some great festivals we should be at down there. Yes, yes. Start happening. Some new things happening on our end too. Um, we just uh, acquired the Loring Park Festival. The man I work with just picked that one up. So oh, we will, yeah, we'll talk about that as we expand. Thanks, Robert. I appreciate Thanks, you being with Stephanie. us today. Okay, we'll yeah, talk soon. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Bye. All right, bye-bye.